0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast. My name's Bertha. Welcome to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast. I literally just said that. I just said that. Oh well, just continue. Your source for motorcycles, mayhem, and misinformation and I can barely tie a shoe, let alone figure out this street. kangaroos are leaping down the street every time. And isn't that funny how line. people say not to be an asshole, yeah,
1: but you're to go on to be an asshole.
0: Video. You're 41 and started a race career. My skin met the asshole. But these new ki- new ways kit my
1: I sound like a fat, hairy, bearded slob. I have to stop talking shit. <laughs> All right, a
0: couple of blurbs. Whatever they do with cocaine... Um, All right, technically all chaps are asses, right? Dude, I love it when Bri Viffer is just ripping it out of the hole like that. How you doing, Bri Viffer? Um, Hope everything is going good, bro. And uh, all my buddies in Wisconsin as well. I know, not this week, but I think next week, you guys are going to be fighting for that pole position on, on the dance pole. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. Pole position. You guys drag race. There's no pole position in drag racing. Uh, speaking of drag racing, we'll be talking a little bit of drag racing in this episode. Um, we're probably going to talk a little bit about flat tracking cause I have part 247 of me and Chris Wiggins yapping about all sorts of flat track. And, uh, he came over nine years ago. We've recorded and we got enough, uh, enough material to last us a while. Um, And we're probably going to talk about uh, some crazy news that shook up the motorcycle world this week. Oh, my God. Um, But uh, first, let's get into an awesome song I wrote last week. Welcome to Wisconsin. We got I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that again to you, but uh, that was a pretty pimping song, uh, if I do say so myself. Um, yeah, there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about that I had on my notes for last week and, of course, did not get to it. Uh, that's usually how these shows go. Listen to those notes. So, hey, you ever think to yourself, hey, I'm going to go do this really cool trip, motorcycle trip, maybe the trip of a lifetime. And uh, you plan it all out. You know, you do something kind of like, you know, you watch Long Way Down or Long Way Round 8,000 times and get inspired. Or, you know, every single person that's on social media or or you listen to Adventure Rider Radio and everybody that they have on there is making it somehow, making uh, Moto Adventure their life. And and you think, I'm going to do this too. And you hook up with a few of your buddies and you go to some place almost mythical, uh, almost comical. And you think that's made up like Timbuktu, let's say, and, uh, things don't turn out quite the way you think they're going to, that's what exactly happened, or that's exactly what happened, or that's what exactly happened to, uh, three guys that were taking a motorcycle trip through, uh, Timbuktu from, I believe they were going from England or something, or Switzerland down to South Africa, and one of the guys was Johan Gustafsson, who is a Swede. Uh, another guy, his name was uh, St- Stephen McGown. He was a South African, and another guy's name was. Shh. Shh siak No, I think his name was siak like Jacques or Jack. I think it's like the Dutch version of Jack. Uh, spelled kind of weird, like an S-J-A-A-K, something like that. But uh, I think his name is Jacques rike And, uh, yeah, those dudes went through, they were going through the Sahara in northern Mali about five years ago on this epic trip of a lifetime. Uh they're in this hostel while they're on the, we're on this motorcycle journey in Timbuktu. I don't know about you, but that's like the worst 80s band ever. And it's also a place my grandma told me that I was so slow, I must be taking a boat to Timbuktu or something stupid like that. And you always think of Timbuktu as being just one of those ridiculous places that's uh, made up, but it's not. And in fact, it became uh, a bit of a horror story for these three guys because Al-Qaeda came up there and or the al-qaeda that's uh you know you don't really think of them being like a threat anymore or the taliban and all these guys but it turns out like just because we hear so much stuff about isis and all the other crappy shit going on in this world right now turns out though these guys are uh still out there doing crazy stuff and it's mostly to um i think you know different groups. And so I'm not 100% sure and we're not going to get into it, but I am going to say that like, you know, it doesn't I guess it doesn't matter whether you're going on uh, a trip to your local mountains or the trip of your lifetime. It's the stuff like the roads that are usually going to kill you and stuff like bad driving or You know, dehydration or falling over. Um, I've had some personal experience with uh, an old boss of mine. Uh, His friend was riding out alone out in the desert, and the bike fell over in a ditch or in a ravine, sort of, trapped him underneath it and busted his leg. And he just laid out there and died because he couldn't get out from under the bike. And um, yeah, stuff can happen. Like you never know when stuff's going to happen to you. But certainly when you're on one of these crazy lifetime trips, you never expect it to happen then. And it did for these three. So, uh, the thing is, just a couple months ago they got released the last guy was released. and um, I'm almost saying how uh, the a podcast that I don't listen to that sounds um, kind of like frog mouse used to bag on the French all the time, but, uh, Jacques Rique, he was, uh, released. He got, um, freed. His wife escaped, uh, during the initial, uh, kidnapping and he got freed by French special forces in 2015, I think it was. And then, um, the other guys just got released recently. I don't know. They don't know exactly how they got released or whatnot, or, and, uh, they said that it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, they kind of feared for their life every single day and I I have no idea what happened to their motorbikes, um, or any of the stuff like that. I mean, I guess that's like the, the least important part of of their story at this point, but yeah, they were just down there doing a trip, hanging out in the hostel. And, um, this group came in, this Al-Qaeda group in the Maghreb or something like that came in, kidnapped a bunch of, uh, people from the hostel and uh, held them for like five or six years well i guess five years and um the last guy i think was Stephen McGowan. he just made it out uh just at the end of july i think and the uh johan gustafson made it out in the end of june i think so yeah these guys have been you know kicking it in the desert as prisoners for you know years after planning like a cool trip and then that happens so yeah kind of crazy. Um, you never know, like one day you're going to be doing, you know, checking off a bucket list thing. And the next thing you know, you're going to be polishing a camel's junk for your supper, you know? So whatever you do, Hey, plan accordingly and, uh, take it one step at a time, man. They made it look so easy on long way down and long way around. I mean, there was troubles a little bit here and there, but they didn't make it look anything like that. You know, they, that was relatively, easy times and I mean that was like way before like the Arab Spring and all this other stuff happened and all the crazy crap that's happening in the world right now it almost seems like adventure travel would be um something you didn't want to do you know what I mean so yeah just kind of interesting times and an interesting story I ran across on the web I really have no I didn't think about this there's no segue out of this this is gonna be terrible let's just let's play some music (laughs) Hey, hey! speaking of polishing a camel's dick, uh, not exactly the type of stories we're looking for, but uh, Spooky Spokes is coming up. That is our Halloween Haunted Ride Ghost Story episode. Uh, That'll be happening right before uh, Thanksgiving. Yes, way before Thanksgiving. It'll be happening right before Halloween. Um, And it'll be, ooh, I want to say the 26th is the last day we're taking submissions for that. So, if you got a ghost story, a spooky ride story, even if you were riding through the the woods and it was a totally normal day, but you were scared and you want to vent, maybe talk about your feelings, send it in. Uh, ship it to us at creativewritingpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can write it down, send us a YouTube video, uh, make a song about it and send it in. Or do a voice recording on your phone. Uh, Hit send to podcast at gmail.com. We will get it, and we'll air it on Spooky Spokes (laughs) 2. Well, folks, we didn't get to it last time around because we had so much to talk about, but this week we will go into detail with the flat track, since there is not a whole hell of a lot of flat track going on uh, this week and there wasn't any last week. Let's break down what's been going on. Uh, starting, let's go back to the Buffalo Chip TT that happened to be a round of the Roland Sands Hooligan uh, Grand National. Pardon me, Super Hooligan National Championship Series, uh, along with like Dirtquake and the upcoming Wheels and Waves Invitational in Santa Maria, which is going to be. August 27th. That's this weekend. Uh, If you're up in that area, you can pay a little bit of attention to that because our good friend Chris Wiggins is also hosting the uh, Hooligan Shootout there in uh, September. And we'll talk about that a little bit, too. But, yeah, so the Buffalo Chip was the uh, last round of racing um, for the Hooligan uh, National Championship Series, the uh, Roland Sands. And uh took place on August 9th. And who'd, who came in first there? Uh, Joe Kopp did, of course. Uh, Joe Kopp, uh, Brad Spencer, uh, Jordan Baber, and Andy Debrino, and Jordan Graham running out the top five. Uh, Chris Wiggins did not make that, but he's sitting in sixth spot right now in the uh, national championship standings. Uh, if you want more info, go over to Roland Sands, Dot com and check out their uh, RSD Super Hooligans or just check out Super Hooligans uh, National Championship Series on Google. It'll take you right to the page. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of exciting. Uh, they are like, uh, that was this, they've completed the sixth of 10 rounds so far. Andy Debrino is. Firmly in the top spot, if you know Andy Debrino, he is a uh, a road racer guy. He's racing Harley Davidson. He's got 103 points. Uh, Second spot there is uh, Brad Spencer, who is number seven, also on a Harley Davidson. Now, Andy Debrino, he's the only guy that's completed six for six races. Uh, Brad Spencer has done five out of six, and Joe Kopp has done Four out of six. A lot of the guys have done actually Jordan Graham looks like he's done five out of six too. And then the rest of the guys have hit four out of six. So consistency is uh cause Joe Cops pulled a couple of firsts, but he's down in third spot because he's missed a couple races. So consistency. Chris Wiggins and I talked about that last week. When you're consistent, you can uh you know, that's it pays off actually to be to be more consistent than to pull a first and then, you know, pulled like four eighth places you know um so yeah uh the buffalo chip and the singles in the semi round number one uh hayden gillum dan bromley and uh price old brandon price taking the the top three spots um in the semi number two you had cole frederickson jesse janish and colby carlisle uh unfortunately at the chip um kevin stallings Shayna texter Uh, Cameron Smith and Oliver Brindley, who Oliver Brindley, not that he is, uh, you know, been talked about a lot, but he was this guy that came over for the Super Prestigio in 2015, decided he's going to try his hand at American Flat Track. He's a guy from England and he's doing a hell of a job. Uh, He's only uh, four weeks old. So uh, amazing accomplishment by a kid just out of the womb, still wet behind the ears Uh, in the finals. It was Hayden Gillum, the man in the van with a plan, uh, taking the first spot with Dan Bromley in second, uh, the 43 year old Jesse Janish in fourth, uh, with Frederickson and Carlisle rounding out the top five. Why are we talking about the top five? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. In uh, the Twins, in the first semi... We had Henry Wiles, of course, the TT man himself, uh, followed by Briar Bauman, and Kenny Coolbeth Jr. did great. I was so excited watching that semi because, you know, Kenny Coolbeth, we always talk about uh, that he is like a, uh, a racing legend. He's like uh, one of the most winningest flat track racers racing right now. Um, and it's like, wow, because he's been placing way down there on that XG, but, you know, he's he's still pulling them on in the TT here. Uh placing third that's getting doing pretty good um then we had brian smith uh bronson bauman jeffrey carver jr running at the top six there so briar and bronson actually i think together have placed in the top 10 uh both of them in the last few races which is interesting enough um and so the semi two we had uh jake johnson who is another factory Harley rider. So we see the factory Harley riders doing pretty damn good, you know, pulling, pulling a first and a third in the semis. I ain't too shabby. Um, and and uh, Jared Meese took second, and J.R. Addison taken third with Brad Baker, uh, Jared Vandercoy, and Danny Eslick, of all people, rounding out the top six in uh, the semi number two. And in the finals, it would be Briar Bauman, Taking the first after Henry Wiles had that race, man. He had that race. He's he's known as a TT guy. He's won the Peoria TT. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he's, you know, he's Mr. TT. And, uh, man, he was in the lead, really uh, out there kicking ass on his Kawasaki. Um, cased it uh, on the TT jump there at the Buffalo Chip and just spewed oil everywhere. I think it just, like, totally ripped the filter off the front of the bike or something like that. And Briar Bauman took a header right behind him, just laid him down, and his both hands were still on the bars when he went down. And so he just head first did a a facial soil sample there. Um, And when they relined him up, and he went, you know, he obviously went way down. When they relined him up, they relined Briar there up in front. And it's because it wasn't his fault that he crashed. And it was almost as if they took a snapshot and immediately reset. the the uh, the lineup from right when that incident happened rather than like from when the red flags came out and stuff like that so I think that was a, actually a good call we've seen some stuff in MotoGP and in World Superbike and probably even Motocross where the fans you know get up in a in a tiff and and uh, everyone starts to freak out because for some reason some official made some call they didn't pull do the red flags. Uh, when they should have or like some people passed under uh, before it turned yellow when everyone else was slowing down and all this stuff. So I think that was really cool of them to stop it right there and have the presence of mind to say, hey, Henry Wiles cased it right there when that happened and, you know, when the track became uh, impregnated with oil and just, you know, that was a good time to 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 stop it right right as soon as that happened. So uh, I think that they were they were smart with that. They relined up. Briar Bauman took it uh Jared Meese came in third. Jake Johnson pulling the uh, I'm sorry, Brian Bauman took first. Jared Meese taking second. Jake Johnson uh getting on the podium for Harley and uh, Halbert and Bronson Bauman coming in uh fourth, fifth and, and uh sixth was was uh Brad Baker, seventh was Kyle Kochman and eighth was Jeffrey Carver Jr. So here we have these names that have been popping up recently, uh, within like the top ten, top you know top five, and they're still doing it. So uh, these guys are you know it hasn't been a total clean sweep by Indian this year, but they have uh, they've only been bested a couple times, both times by Briar Bauman. And so the same week, we had this. is a, It was an interesting week because it was Sturgis going on. So we also had the Black Hills half mile. And in the singles, in the first semi, we had uh, Kevin Stollings, Brandon Price, and Colby Carlisle in the first, uh, second, and third spot. In the semi number two, we had Cameron Smith, Dan Bromley, and uh, Brendan Lau taking the uh, third spot. And in the final, it was Price, Texter, Stolings, and then Bromley in fourth, uh, Smith in fifth, and Colby Carlisle in sixth. Now, Colby Carlisle, if you remember at the Buffalo Chip, uh, took a fifth, uh, and now he's taking a sixth at the Black Hills in the finals, and uh, that's going to come into play here in a minute. Um, in the uh, the Twins, in the semi number one, we had Meese, Baker, and uh, Bauman, Briar Bauman. And then in the semi number two, we had Brian Smith, Jeffrey Carmer Jr., and Sammy Halbert. So, again, you know, Indians uh, dominating, obviously, but uh, Carver Jr. and Halbert, names to watch. They've been up there with them, and so is Briar Bauman, uh, challenging. So that's like your top six guys right now, uh, really running hard, and they've been doing really good. So um, except for, uh, you know, basically at the at the chip except for um you know uh johnson coming in there and he's like i said he came in first in in his semi third in the finals like uh that's the best showing harley's done all year i'm pretty sure um so yeah to see him up there in the top uh you know i don't know Coming, coming in the top there and then having these other guys that have always been pretty consistent within the top five. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, so in the final, it was uh, Mies, Smith and Baker taking, and that was like a race to the flag too. You could have thrown a blanket over these guys again. And it was the first podium sweep that Indian has taken again. in, in a little bit, they haven't had one in, uh, quite a few events, like the last four events. I want to say, uh, Indian has not swept it. So the black Hills, they did it again. The wrecking crew coming through, uh, doing what they had to do to make some money and some glue. Um, that's a little freestyle by yours truly. Um, and then Peoria happened. Now, the last twelve uh, had been won by Henry Wiles. How would he do after casing it at uh, the Buffalo Chip and breaking some shit? Well, he showed up with a DTX bike, um, basically, and he could do that. He's not on a factory machine, limited by uh, factory, you know, contracts and rules, and basically showed up and took his thirteenth tied for uh, with the king of the TT who is Chris Carr. So Henry Wiles is the prince of the TT, in my opinion. I think that's what they were calling him last year, too. And last year, after he won it, he jumped off his 450 and did like 20 push-ups right there on top of the jump to show that his fitness level was up. There was no stopping him. And he's always been really, really, really confident when it comes to the uh, Peoria TT. just feels at home there. So uh, no surprise that he won it this year. 13 in a row, so... You know, that's pretty cool. And him and Meese, did I tell you how they finished? It was, um, at the Peoria TT, it was Wiles, Meese, and Briar Bauman. So Bauman again right up there. And then Smith and Baker in 4th and 5th. So Meese and, uh, Meese and Wiles were the only ones to show up and do the TT earlier this year. You know, it wasn't the Grand National race, but they only do the Peoria twice a year. And they showed up for the first round to do a little bit of testing there because they had altered it for the Grand National when it came through. And there's like a jump before the jump now. And uh, so, yeah, they were smart enough, had the presence of mind to show up, check it out, do do some testing and get everything set up to know how to handle it. Henry Wiles basically built his bike for that track. It totally paid off. He won by a, a mile, a country mile, a Peoria mile. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. It really paid off for those guys, too. Uh, I, I think, you know, the fact that um, Smith & Baker came came in and Briar Bauman came in, uh, you know, in front of those dudes, if they had showed up earlier this year and said, Hey, Jared, what are you doing? You know, and and got some feedback. They could have also been in in contention. They were right there, right behind Briar. So yeah, interesting, interesting, uh, racing. They're going to take a break. They will be back in a couple weeks. They're going to be at the, uh, Illinois state fairground for the Springfield two, um, and I, I'm not sure if the singles, they're racing different days. The singles are racing on the second, I think, and the twins are racing on the third. And I'm not sure if the singles are going to do a TT again or not. But, um, yeah, so check that out. I, if you're ch- tuning into Fans Choice, I'm not sorry, on the, the NBC Sports, then I'm not 100% sure what round's going to be next. They just did uh, Lima this week, I'm pretty sure. But uh, the reason I was mentioning earlier, um, Shane had texted texta the texta she's not even doing uh the the the, the uh, tts didn't even you know qualify for the the buffalo chip i'm not even sure about the peoria uh, tt how she did um wasn't even in there uh which by the way for the singles janish uh came in first Kobe Carlisle came in second, and Ben Lau came in third. And, now, and I wanted to mention this, and I just mentioned it with the uh, Roland Sands uh, Hooligan National Flat Track Series. Consistency, man. Because Shayna Texter, even though she's still in the points lead, she is not in a commanding commanding lead anymore uh colby carlisle is only two points behind her now and uh i can't remember how much of a lead she had but when you're no good at tts and you have like two of them in a row and you're heading to springfield which which again i'm not sure if the twins are going to be or the singles are going to be running the mile or the tt again this time around i I have a feeling they're going to be doing a tt um you got to do good kid you know you got to place well at uh, at Springfield one, Shayna Texter, I think she qualified like it was down in forty first place or something like that, and uh, she came in tenth in her heat. You got to be ninth to transfer, so she went to the LCQ. Uh, came in eleventh, so texture not very good at the TTS, um, and like not even making most of them. I don't th- don't think she's made a single one uh, yet. Uh, just got got uh, knocked out in the in the heat races. So um, that's allowed Colby Carlisle to come up and finish. And you know Jesse Janish has been really good, and so is Hayden Gillum at the TTS, and and just a little bit of consistency pays off, you know. So. She she slipped back. She's still in the lead, but it's only like by two points right now. And uh, when I look at the standings for the Twins, you got Mies way out front by like 40 points. And then Smith, and then it's another 40 points to Baker, and then it's like 20 points to Halbert or something like that. So, it, you know, that's kind of interesting. When you switch over to the singles, you got Shayna Texter. Two points back is Colby Carlyle, uh eight points points back is brandon price and then you know you fall down like 40 or i'm sorry to uh to fourth and fifth place which are way back like 30 some odd points behind each other so the first three are within striking distance they are like 10 points apart i believe you get 25 for first place uh 20 for second and like I don't know, 17th for third and 14th. for I, I forget exactly how the points break down, but let's just say that even Branding Price at this point could uh, could take it further. There's four rounds left, and when I'm looking at Shayna Texter, uh, she missed Daytona. She has a she has a zero for Daytona, a zero for Illinois, which was the Springfield one, a zero for the uh, uh, Buffalo Chip. A Zero for Peoria. And now we're going into Illinois, too, which I'm, I'm pretty sure is going to be another TT. And so, girl, you better do good because there's four rounds left. And uh, if you don't make one of those, Colby Carlisle is going to be sitting right up there just because of consistency. So um, he's going to consistent his way to the top here. So it'll be cool if Shayna wins. I'm, I'm rooting for Shayna. I know a lot of people are just because it's it'll be like the first time Uh, not that a woman ever raced in in a championship, but the first time that a woman ever won, I'm pretty sure. Even like in drag racing, Angel Sampy has been kicking some ass. Or Angel, is that how you say her name? Angel Sampy? But, uh, I don't know if she's ever won. So, uh, yeah that's uh that's enough about a flat track we're probably going to talk about more flat track here in a minute because we got a little bit more of we got part 95 of me and chris yapping so i thought i'd get into some shake-ups Shake and bike baby hey mofo you got a biker in need tell you what you do go to dailybikers.com check out the merch Or go to dailybikerstore.com. Even better, that'll take you straight to the merchandise of which I speak. You got it. Biker-related merch. They've got all sorts of stuff from cards, sticker packs, an adult biker coloring book. And not a naughty adult biker coloring book, but what kid was going to want to color $35,000 motorcycles, huh? Hey, our buddy Daily Biker Dan over at dailybikers.com has set you up with... The ultimate biker's dream. He's got wall art. Like I said, he's got cards. He's got stickers. He's got incredible digital downloads for on-the-go doodles. Uh, go check it out, dailybikers.com. You might be surprised at what else he's got. The actual notepad that I have here in my hot little hands. You hear that? Yeah, that's made from a recycled material. A hundred percent recycled paper. It's got an awesome drawing of an old fat boy on it. Um, and we'll be talking about the new fat boys in a minute, so hang, hang tight. But uh, yeah, I write my notes down in this thing all the time. It feels good under my fingers, and it feels great to my pen. My pen tells me all the time how wonderful it is to write on these pages. But my eyes, my eyes are the happiest because whenever I look at this thing and I look at this awesome drawing, I know that a bitchin' biker drew it just for me. DailyBikers.com or DailyBikerStore.com creative writer who sent you, and then duck, because they're going to throw a shoe at you. Oh my God. So let's talk about something that happened Tuesday in Los Angeles. Balmy Tuesday. We'll call it Balmy Tuesday. Uh, Monday was the eclipse. Eclipse is great. Tuesday, Harley Davidson dealer show graced the Los Angeles Convention Center and then later had a reveal uh, all over town, uh, all over the country, actually, and uh, maybe even all over the world. I think they might have had some people planted, Um, but they had a I wanted to talk about social media and motorcycles in this episode. And that plays directly into what Harley Davidson's doing. I went over and I reviewed a couple of our old episodes, uh, talking about Harley Davidson, talking about their, their marketing, um, and, and how they'd refocused and shifted some of their money from plants to marketing, how they reshifted some of their employees. You know, we just recently talked about that, moved them to consolidate them at to work at certain, uh, the soft tail plants or, you know, Dinah moved all the dinas and soft tails to one plant, whatever they did. Um, social, what does that have to do with social media? Well, and what does that have to do with Harley Davidson? Well, they are stepping up. Finally, everybody that has ever complained about Harley Davidson, uh, losing touch and Harley Davidson staying in the past, you know, and being 50 years behind everybody else in technology and looks and everything like that. Um, They finally stepped into the 23rd century. Is that what century? 23rd? Okay, what Okay, 21st. Stepped into the 21st century. And when you're as old as me, you get them mixed up. And basically they did something so very right. And maybe something so very wrong. (laughs) Let's get into that. Let's talk about it, folks. Take a minute and breathe, especially if you were a fan of the Dyna. Harley Davidson killed the Dynas, Boy, Dyna fanboys everywhere uh, hating the brand right now. Dinah fanboys everywhere hating people that are embracing these new Harley Davidsons. And I'll tell you what people talked about how Harley needed to change for like the last 15 or 20 years. Harley Davidson keeps falling behind. Harley Davidson's out of touch with what people want. Harley Davidson's out of touch with technology. Harley Davidson, the same thing since 1950. So now... Harley goes and does something different and people lose their shit. I can't believe the, uh, the butt hurtness, the crying, the fussing, the, uh, uh people not even in person seeing, uh, okay. First of all, I-, I mentioned before we get into the bikes, even I mentioned social media now, what did Harley Davidson do right? Well, I think they finally engaged people. In the past, you used to have to have like a uh, you know an invitation to the dealer shows and whatnot. This year, uh, uh, there's at least 10 streaming on Facebook, um, some of them on Instagram, stuff like that. And if they didn't stream the entire dealer meeting and the entire presentation, they streamed part of it. And I strung together a couple of them to get a view and an insider's look because I haven't been to a... Uh, Harley Davidson dealer show for like almost a decade, um, basically got a, an inside look at what was coming down the pipe. Got the feature product pipeline. Got all of the you know things that the dealers got basically. Everything from accessories to the new bikes and this and that. The biggest changes, I mean, you know, they dropped the Sportster 1200T. Um, You know, they didn't announce a whole bunch of new stuff except for paint colors and some new parts and accessories. The Tourings came out, and there's a whole bunch of upgrades to the Tourings and this and that and some new stuff. But for the most part, the Milwaukee 8 was the big talk of 2017. Uh, and when it came out last year at the uh, the Long Beach uh, show and, and the motor shows in general and was announced, um, it was kind of, I wouldn't call it a flop, but it was kind of like not news news. People had already had the twin-cooled motors come out and stuff like that previously. Um, we had already got introduced to some water coolage, if you will. Um, and so the Milwaukee 8 was basically the next step. And Harley Davidson, you know, they love to make their own history uh, and make history. You know, when it, when it's company history, it's one thing. When it's world history, it's another. And I, I'm not 100% sure people felt like the Milwaukee 8 was a really big deal. Um, so it turns out that this year... This is the year that it's a big deal, and that's because it's going to be, of course, except for the XLs, uh, which are the sportsters. It's going to be the motor that uh, transcends all the lines now and comes down through the lines. And they, we see it every year. You know, they make some revolution or evolution or bumbevolution, uh, the twin cam, the big cam, the Z cam, the NICAM, cam, the ZI cam um and the hey cam how you doing um and anyways you know what they do is they get these motors and eventually they propagate down through these ranges and and you know first you got the 98 when everything else got the 103 is the bitching one then the 110 and as indian came in and pushed competition the motor sizes started going up and up and up and up um and when 103 was a big deal and then Indian came in with a, 107, or a 106 and now 107 has to be the big deal. Um, and now they're, they moved their range up to the 114 and the 121, I think, for like the super screaming Eagle Destroyer version. Um, but yeah, those have finally come out and they have finally propagated through Harley-Davidson's motorcycle line faster, I must say, than I think any other motor line has. Um, I can't tell you how long it took for the... The Twin Cam 98s or whatever to get replaced by 103s across the line. Like it took a little while. I think it took a couple years. And then even then, the 110s, they still had 103s and 110s up till last year or up to this year, I guess. And now for 2018, they're going to be dropping their Milwaukee 8s into everything. And you're going to get 107s or 114s. And then the Cruisers, uh, you know have changed a little bit. We'll talk about that. But the, the, uh, the tourings, <clears throat> we kind of already saw it last year. Cause the tourings got the Milwaukee eights last year and they got the twin cooled with the new, um, they already had twin cooled and then like semi cooled, um, you know, with the radiators hidden in the fairings and stuff like that. But then last year they upgraded that to the Milwaukee eight and they changed some of that stuff. They changed some suspension. They made some radical changes that they had just kind of tweaked. So that, that carries over this year. And like I said, they killed the Dinas. Um, everyone's crying and, 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 uh, making a big stink of it and how much they hate them, how ugly they are. I happen to like them. Um, and they're soft tails now. Now, they, they kept the soft tails. All the soft tails, uh, well, not all of them, but a lot of the soft tails are still there. And a couple of the ones that used to be dinas are now soft tails the fat bob, the street bob, and um, the low rider. And so it's going to be funny when you, in the, in the future, when you say, hey, do you have a, a low rider? You're going to have to say, yeah, I got. Well, is it a Dyna Low Rider or a softtail Low Rider? Not, kind of sounds funny saying Softail Low Rider after saying Dyna Rider for so many years, but um, yeah, I'll, go, I'll get into the whole nitty Uh The Loud Pipes podcast and Motorcycle Man. Uh, I think we're going to do a collaboration next week and talk about the specs and all that stuff that's uh, that's happening. But um, I just wanted to say really quick that I, I think that it is really really good what this you know progression has done. They're doing what BMW has done. They're doing what Yamaha has done with the R9Ts and the bolts. Where now you have one frame and you can do all sorts of different platforms off of it. You got a mono shock rear, which you know the dual shock. rear rear um the sporties still have it and that's kind of like a retro thing i can't think of anybody that still has a dual shock rear especially on a serious bike and yamaha bolts have them but they're cru- they're like a sportster kind of you know what i mean and they look real retro like on the scr 900 so they look kind of cool they fit the bill of that cool retro look but for any other motorcycle that's serious um including the r9ts i guess none of them have uh you know, dual shocks anymore. I can't think of a dual shock motorcycle anymore unless they're specifically going for a vintage look. So for Harley Davidson to go away from the dual shocks into this crazy frame, if you see it without the bodywork on it, it's a beautiful, it looks like a hard tail almost. Um, The Dynas, uh, I got a bunch of notes here. The Dynas are like, uh, it's the the new frame is 91% stiffer than the new Dynas. And uh, getting into the social media part of things, they had people uh, reveal it all across the world at different time slots. Each one revealed a different bike. Uh, I watched a bunch of those. Um, some really cool things came out, and we'll talk. We'll save. We'll save the juicy bits for the uh, the collab show for next week. So tune into Loud Pipes uh, next week if you're you uh, want to hear some real break it down stuff but um, the guys that are crying about the dinas and you know the guys that had the soft tails already these bikes are way lighter I think they're I think they said they're about 35 pounds lighter on average than the previous editions um, for the softtails the new ones are 61 <clears> percent <throat> stiffer than the old versions and for the dinas they're 91 percent stiffer so you don't get all this wallow and like wobble in corners you can actually like maybe canyon carve these things and if you've seen them there's not a whole lot of lean angle but on the fat bob uh which has already always been kind of a cool but fat bob's probably been my favorite one of those bikes just because i had the big fat double headlights uh then a couple of years ago they did that slash fender with the two round uh Tail lights in the in the, like built into the fender fringed into it. I thought that was kind of cool and and the beefy uh t- tires, you know, the beefy wheel and tire look came out, and it was all cool. And now they're kind of carrying that over and it really does look like something that could compete with the Diavel or the V-Rod. And my thoughts were this, man, I want to see uh Rusty Butcher unveiled that one via uh, uh, their Facebook page and did a live reveal at 8.05 Pacific Time. Uh, immediately went out and did a couple burnouts and wheelies on it. And then has since changed it up a little bit. Um, and he has whe- thoroughly wheelied it 3,000 times. Um, proven that it can still be wheelied and hooliganed. And so for a lot of those Dyna guys, that was their thing. It was like uh, you know, the the Dynas were like the if you didn't have a Sportster that you were like flat tracking, you had a Dyna. Like everyone from unknown industries to like every stuntman in the world, and like Dyna culture, uh, kind of could be like chopper culture. Now the guy at um, and, and then on social media, you know, speaking of bikes and social media, I really I kind of need to solidify this and, and keep on track here because where you are also seeing the most hooliganism. Um, from basically Rusty Butcher because he's the only guy that uh, had one that I know of. Um, What you also see is like backlash and crying. Everybody hates it. They think it's the ugliest bike they've ever seen. Um, and I, t- I totally disagree with that. I think they did an awesome job on it. It has, uh, inverted forks on the fat Bob and a really cool two into one into two exhaust. Well, I think Rusty Butcher immediately took that stuff off. He put a p- pair of conventional forks on it, took that exhaust off, has already stickered it all up. I mean, how cool to be given a bike by Harley, a brand new bike, um, and do what you want with it. And he's already turned it back kind of into an old Dyna with just a different, um, rear end. So basically, yeah, man. I don't know the uh, the Dinas um, for all the people that are crying about them and and how much Harley made them ugly and messed them up. I gotta say, dude, you everybody was asking for this and everybody was wondering when Harley was gonna change. And when they finally do, people get butt hurt and crazy, and social media lights up. You know what I mean? And so get out and test ride one before you talk smack. And I think I'd put that on a couple things i think i even posted on instagram like dude you're you're saying all this stuff about these things and you haven't even written one because they just can i know you haven't because they just came out and um I only know a handful of people who got to test ride these things before they uh, got released to the public. And as far as I know, most of these names that are crying about them aren't on there. And uh, yeah, you know, your 2017 Dyna may be obsolete at this point, but it also might be um, worth something, worth a lot more. And the guy, when he was doing the, you know, after the dealer show, the same guys went over and did a release at the Peterson Automotive Museum. And he said, something that stuck with me, which is, you know what guys didn't like when we went from and took the tank shifter off and put it down on the foot either. So like, there's always that. You always got to think of the dudes that complain about every little thing. Nobody likes change. Nobody likes change. But in about five years, uh, people will look back and go, holy crap. This is like one of the best changes Harley's done to these things. Like they upgraded the platform. The guys that are chopping out bikes now, like the guys that are looking for old knuckles and pan heads and stuff like that, uh, you think they care what they do with stuff? You know, they're, they're looking at bikes that are like 20 and 30 years old, you know? In 20 or 30 years, I think guys will look back on these with the same sort of, um, I don't know, the same sort of like amusement and the same sort of, uh, I don't know, like the uh, desire, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The desire will be there. You know, people are always looking back going, oh yeah, they did this. When it's a real hunk of shit, then you might not really like it. And people might think it's a hunk of shit in the moment, but you just wait 10 years, 15 years. You know what I mean? And after people have really proved what you can do on these things, Um, and proven that there's a reason why they went to this monoshock rear and, and, you know, made all these upgrades and, uh, do the, they fully upgraded the suspension. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that people will look back and feel stupid, you know, either that or they just will go buy Hondas and they will totally walk away from the brand. And new people will come in. And that's what Harley wants. Uh, another thing that they mentioned is how many riders they they hope to uh, get into riding, which is, I think they said about 2 million new riders I um, think they wanted to get into motorcycling over the next like 5 or 10 years or something. There's a lot of riders. I don't even know if there's that many riders in the world right now, especially with the way the cars are going and the way electric vehicles are be, you know going to be the next wave. Um they better think of something quick besides a new soft tail. Um but anyways, we'll yap about a bunch of that crap uh on the loud pipe show and uh I'll save some of the juicy bits for that. And uh but yeah, Harley Davidson making some big changes uh this year specifically to a group of butt hurt babies hey real quick i think i said the uh, twin cam 98 about seven times i'm pretty sure i meant 96 they didn't have a 98 did they i don't think so So hey, what have you been doing to your bike? Uh, it's coming toward the end of summer here. It's going to be time to build that new bike or store that current bike. I just wonder what you guys got going on as bike projects. A while back we asked what would be your like touring bike, what would be your dirt bike, what would be your um, I don't know like a long distance or a cruiser. Uh, had a couple different. Um, categories there. I forget what they are, but, uh, I'll go back and re-listen to episode 10 or whatever that was where I asked that. And, uh, just wondering what people's responses are, because if you could create a bike and you could have like an all around, what would you do coming, you know, thinking of, uh, the fact that a bunch of people are coming out with some new stuff for 2018. Um, you know, what would you do if you were to create a bike? Would you create an all around would you go for a certain genre and a certain niche niche or are you uh the type of person that wants uh you know the do-it-all bike a cool-looking um adv bike that could go off-road on road do some light touring and maybe even attract uh you know like wind pikes peak like the ducati multistrada did just wondering because i've got a couple little bike projects that i'm working on and they are sort of i don't know If they turn out the way I want them to be, they will sort of be an all-arounder. they will be a street bike. They can also go off-road. They may be able to survive a zombie apocalypse and look cool while you're taking your lady around town or your dude around town. And, uh, yeah we'll see. We'll see how they happen. If you, are you working on something currently with your bike or if you have any mods or something that you could do, uh, email into to the show. I want to hear all about it. I want to know about this stuff because I do want to talk about building bikes and, uh, getting into that stuff later in the year as we get into the season where it's going to be like, Hey, I need to redo my bike. What am I going to do now? Or, Hey, I got some extra Christmas money, Christmas money. I wanted to, to, uh, rebuild another bike that I have that's rusting out in the yard. True story. Well, as promised, we're going to yap a little bit with Chris Wiggins. (laughs) Chris Wiggins. Uh, Chris, Number 09, Wig09. 09. Uh, he was on uh, Riders on the Norm last week, if you didn't get to check that out. And uh, we're going to yap at them here a little bit. I now take you back in time so we can talk about Dirtquake. Let's back up to Dirtquake, because I pumped that really hard, and then... yeah. Uh, I really haven't talked to anybody that went. So you're the first person okay you to talk to that went. How how I mean obviously it's a it's an awesome shit show. It's a party on two wheels, but <laughs> yeah. it's also a hell of a lot of racing and I mean it has an international yeah mother or father however you want to yeah. call
1: it. It um it, it, this year was definitely like I think the hooligan side of it is different and how they schedule it now. The party on two wheels is less, at least for us, a little bit. We still party pretty hard, though. We're still hooligans up there. But, yeah, we went up, got up to the track on Friday. We raced Friday night. And it was, I wouldn't be surprised if we were doing every better 95 mile an hour. Like, yeah. I was following Jordan Bieber and Scott Baker in the main. Justin Bieber? Is that <laughs> yeah, Justin, <laughs> Justin Bieber. I like that. I don't have to tell him that. Um Jordan Bavery is one of the, he rides for SNS and FTW Co. And then Scott Baker is actually Brad Baker's brother. Uh, okay. He was out on in an Indian. And uh, I'll leave my opinions to that to myself. But so I was following them in third in the main. And we were coming out of especially two, like just sideways. And I'm watching both of those just hang it out most of the way down the backstretch. And I'm in second gear on my Sportster. Not stock gearing, but just rev limiter in second with a pretty tall gear on it. I wouldn't be surprised if we were doing every bit of 90, 95 mile an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it was, it was one of those, like, when we went last year up there, I remember on Friday I watched the 450 main and uh I was like, man, those guys are going really fast around this track. And I was like, well, we're not going that fast. It's not that big a deal. And then I watched our B main go out and I was like, holy shit, we're going that fast. Yeah. And then, um, this year we stepped it up even more from last year. Like everyone thought last year, like, oh, you guys got so much faster as a group, you know, as a whole. Um, it's just, it's crazy to see how fast all you guys are. And then we went out this year and like the jaws were just hitting the floor again and ours included, like we didn't know we could do it either. And it's like, it's a bank, they call it a quarter, but it's more like a three eighths mile clay. So it's sticky. It's banked. It's fast. Like it's a fast fast racetrack but it's beautiful every time i've been on it it's like it's awesome yeah and they is
0: that like a national, nice, not a national nice, like a regional flat track up there or do they cars on that or what do they do on that i
1: think it's only bikes but i've heard they only race five or four or five times a year or something like that oh, not, yeah. not so very much
0: it's a virgin track by the time you guys hit it
1: but it's been around a long time they used to do uh a, a grand national tt there there's a tt jump it's known more for the Grand National T.T, I think, than the Oval, uh-huh. but I mean, I mean that, that track is one of the local tracks for Davis Fisher, Sammy Halbert, Brad Baker, um, to name a few top pros, let alone all the kids and you know guys like Scott Baker being Brad's older brother, like that's their home, one of their home tracks. So it's a beautiful track with stiff competition as far as like, pros are concerned. Um, Did those guys show up? Scott Baker was there. Uh, Davis was there on a 450. Davis Fisher was there. He won... I think he won the Dirtquake Pro Class. Funny. Or he won Friday night. I know he won one of the events. I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. And Dirtquake works. uh, Both of them, UK does the same thing. The night before, they do like a local club event, which in the UK is the DTRA. And then uh, over here, just the Castle Rock, I think it's Mount St. Helens Motorcycle Club. Um, They put on a race. And they are, I mean... They've been super good. They know that we go up. You know, we've been doing it for three years, so pretty well since the hooligan stuff started. And the Mount St. Helens guys are cool. They give us a hooligan class. We actually, this year, um, they have like a, a lot of flat track has uh, age group classes for like the old men, you know, 40 plus, 45 plus, 50 plus. So you're not
0: out there like roosting on a seven-year-old kid yeah
1: well <laughs> and, you know a lot of the dudes that do that like you get thrown in with pros oh yeah old retired oh, pros yeah. well they had a like a 30 and up so like myself and some of the other guys signed up for that so there was only like two or three 450s in the 30 and up so they gave them their own event and then gave us our own event so we had like a hooligan 30 up class yeah. I a um, hooligan vet man yeah that's what it was it was a vet. yeah we did a hooligan vet class but you know we go up to a track like that and we want track time and we want to ride and it's super fun track to ride so we all like we sign up for as many classes as we can and ride as much as possible
0: yeah that's so, rad and it's also rad that it's dirt quake and it's like spunky and just mm-hmm. fun and uh yeah i forget I, i'm pretty sure that was part of the Roland sands It was super, the super hooligan class.
1: Yeah, Roland piggybacked on the event, made it part of the super hooligan event. So there was a dash for cash. Um, there was some money on the line for the winner. Um, you know, that, uh, I'm not a huge fan of how all that's worked out, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we talked about that before a little bit. Yeah.
1: I mean, Joe Cop went out and won the dash for cash, and then, um, he ended up, he was actually, I gotta give this to Joe Cop, like, he was very... He didn't pull a Sammy Howard. Like, he was very patient on making his passes. He was very kind to the hooligans. He did go out and take all of our money away, but <laughs> he didn't just, like, run into people and push them out of the way, even though he could. Yeah. And uh, he waited till the end of the race. He made a pass on the outside for the lead. And uh, the guy he was passing, I don't know, bobbled, ran, and, ran them both wide, and Andy Debrino snuck under them both. Yeah. Um, so Debrino won it, but... Yeah, it, uh, it's, yeah. Brought in, it's brought a lot of, like, heat and a lot of speed to the events, which is kind of cool. You know, I, I like that. And I like that we're still hanging with them. Um, you know, we're still running with these pros. It's not like they're just running off from us. Yeah. But it's also a bummer that so many guys have worked so hard to build something, and then a guy like Joe Kopp shows up, takes our money, and leaves. Yeah. Doesn't say hi, doesn't even kiss us after he fucks us. So yeah. It's uh Man it, you know, and it's there's a lot of mixed feelings. Um, but I guess the biggest thing I can attribute is growing pains. Like people are trying to get in, trying to help it grow and trying things. Some things work, some things don't.
0: Yeah. You know, Joe Cobb too, the difference between him and Sammy Halbert might be that he's retired. He teaches. My my buddy up in Idaho went over there to do a flat track class from him. Yeah. And he's not racing the nationals, which Sammy is. He's in it. So like when he comes he might not know when to like let off, where like an old retired teacher guy is like, eh, but still I need the money, so I'm not
1: gonna (laughs) And he's not a spring chicken anymore. Like Sammy's a young dude, pretty much. Joe's got kids. Joe's you know, I I wouldn't put it past him to run. He calls himself retired, but I watched him do a pro event last year, and I watched him do a pro event the year before. Oh, shit,
0: and he can't, He was running pretty hot
1: on the Indian. Yeah, he debuted the Indian.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was doing pretty good last year at the uh, Santa Rosa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was, I think
1: there he just ran out of physical ability. Like yeah.
0: he got tired. Yeah. he was doing pretty good. But he, then did I mean, that's he, a didn't
1: long. he win the dash or the a heat? Um. I he qualified remember. like I third. Yeah. Like when it came to a few laps, he was on it. Yeah, and he led some of the main. But it's just,
0: I think he finished third in the main. Actually, uh,
1: he game. was further back than that because oh, Meese was still third. Yeah, because Baker ran Baker, off and left yeah, everyone. Like
0: fucking fourteen second. Yeah, but for a guy, yeah, you're right. He came in like seventh or something. If I remember correctly. But he just like that's still pretty good. He can ride. Yeah, yeah, he
1: just. I'm sure he doesn't train like those guys do. Yeah. Like, those guys are cycling and lifting weights. He trains and like the, this. 12, yeah, right? A
0: 12-ounce lift yeah. and the, uh, you know. The,
1: the He's tr- probably on the similar training program as most of the hooligans. Yeah.
0: <laughs> beers on the weekends mm. and hot dogs during the week. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Talk about beers with X Games was a fun event.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's um. Okay, from X Games, what came next? Was it no, no? From Dirtquake went X Games. Yeah,
1: yeah. X Games was previous. It was like the week before. Yeah, that's it right. It was July thirteenth. Right. Was the race? That's
0: right. Yeah, yeah. How was that? We're going back in time. We're starting. <sighs> I, we are. We're starting at <laughs> hot August nights and going. Let's go <laughs> well, back. We did to a, like five years ago.
1: <laughs> we did a preview, so now we're like covering that what happened. Yeah. Uh, X Games was amazing, and I think the the coolest thing about X Games is like. My age group, I'm 34, so like my age group was when X Games kind of started, like when Tony Hawk was huge. Yeah. Even though he was still an old man at the time, like he was big. Dave Mira, like BMXing and skateboarding were like on this huge upsweep. Um, Freestyle motocross had just hit. So you had guys like Cary Hart in their prime, you know, early mid 2000s, late 90s. Um, I'm not sure the first year X Games actually came out, but it was like that whole generation. When like myself was in my late teens, early twenties. So it's like and I, I rode BMX not good, but I had bicycles, so it's like you know, like these guys were like legends and heroes and like it's like crazy athletes. Yeah and I, I show getting up.
0: paid. Like my yeah. family always told me, Why are you going skateboarding? You're not gonna amount yeah. to nothing and then about like five years later, Tony Hawk's like a quadrillionaire yeah I was like oh really yeah uh, I just got to get that good but I mean, yeah you're right I will I won't make anything of myself but you don't it's possible
1: <laughs> uh-huh. um so like we show up and we get a athlete pass and we went you know you can yeah. go to the stadium where all the events were and get in for free and get in the hospitality rooms and sit around with all these like athletes that are like on top of that game right now that you yeah. know like never ever thought I would be associated with and then it's like I'm in here with you. And it's like the same thing like
0: Wait, and, and don't get me wrong, it's probably a bunch of like thirteen to twenty <laughs> oh, year right? olds too. And yeah. so you're like, I made it at thirty, <laughs> I made it to yeah. where I wish I was when I you know, fifteen years ago when I
1: was but like actually JJ that won was a Pro BMXer. Yeah. I don't know if he was ever like X Games quality, but um he did a lot of ro- props, road fools, and stuff like that. And when I was riding BMX, like, we'd go over to my buddies all the time and watch props and yeah. watch, like, those videos. So, you know, like, I, f- so it's like, you know, we're there and we're part of it. And part of it, too, like, I look at, like, myself and Butcher and Suicide Machine and I'm like, hooligan racing to me won't be the level of skateboarding, but I'm like, we're the Bones Brigade of hooligan yeah, racing. like for sure. You know, I, I feel like it's a small. It's gonna. It's not gonna amount to what skateboarding has amounted to because of those guys. But whatever it does amount to, even if it dies tomorrow, like we're still a bones brigade yeah, of it. those. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's like it is kind of cool though to like even just be associated with the X Games, be a part of it, being tied in with Harley and having Harley support. Um, you know, we went out being adults at X Games. We can do this, but like Harley had a party, so we went out to this like bar. And we're like just eating and drinking beers with like these pretty high ups with Harley. And they're just like they love what we're doing and they're like supporting it. And it's like it's like mind blowing. Cause yeah. it's like that's a company that's so big that like you feel like they don't do those. Like they don't they don't care what anyone else is doing. They kinda do their own thing and everyone else just builds cool custom bikes, but they don't care. Yeah. And they do care. At yeah. least enough to like help support the hooligan racing. So Pretty amazing
0: yeah and and
1: then uh
0: the, to, to live stream it is crucial because oh, otherwise amazing. i mean if you don't have a ticket to x games you're not in milwaukee you ain't seen it yeah And they need to get those eyes and I, I gotta tell you i was looking at the live stream it went from like 500 viewers to 800 viewers and then as soon as it started this is hooligans mind you this isn't the pro class yeah just it's sky i forget how many of the final total it was like Five or eight thousand people, and that's a huge discrepancy there, but it was it was thousands of people. And I was going, dude, that is so rad because I, I forget how many people they said were there in attendance. Yeah. And you have that many people tuning in on Facebook. Like you had to seek it out to find it. So I mean, did it's you rad watch it?
1: People. So that five we'll say we'll go with five thousand. You watched it on Harley's Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that five thousand was only Harley's Facebook Live. Yeah. And what was awesome that Harley did, like, not that my Facebook's a lot, but they tapped into my Facebook, Speed Merchant, Suicide Machine, Butcher, um, all the local dealers, like LA Hart. So, yeah. they wanted us associated with the dealer. So, we all had to call up dealers and get, like, a, stickers on the bikes. And uh, the dealers were super pumped, like, it's going to work out better for us in the long run to be tied into the dealer. But, and it was on Vance and Hines Facebook and, like, all these companies. Yeah. So...
0: Well, they made it shareable too. So I shared a link yeah. to the creative writing page. So if you couldn't view it there, I know at least if you clicked it, it would take you would to, go to the Davidson's other one. Yeah. Page. yeah. So I mean, it was awesome that like people could reach out and like, look, dude, you yeah. can see this. So.
1: They said uh, we got an email with like the official numbers. It, they did, they said grand total, we had more viewers than the pros because of how it was shown. And we were in like 60 countries or something yeah. like that. That's like. Rad. And it was—I want to say—it was more in like the hundreds of thousands of viewers because of how it was. So it was like, yeah, five to eight thousand on Harley's, but how it was like—I mean, because it was like Harley Davis in Europe and all these like other Facebook lives that spread it out. Because yeah, so maybe like ten people watch it on mine, but you know, there was just so much of that. It just kind of multiplied all of it, and it was was insane to think about. And I think too, like that might be the future of broadcasting like maybe not facebook live but different outlets like that like i'm bummed with the nbc sports for the aft of cable yeah me neither i'm like is nbc sports on hulu or netflix because then i would watch it
0: yeah i i stream on a, a streaming box and i watch on the app that's why the thing is that's why i'm bummed i I go to cook dinner or something, or I go to throw something in the microwave and I come back to fans choice. And if I don't have my phone watching it, I've missed something. Yeah. I literally sat my little tablet down, went into my kitchen to get, uh, to make something real quick to eat. took about 10 minutes and shit. That's a heat race that, or that's the main, you know what I mean? Like the main is like maybe 12 minutes long. And so I caught the last like lap and a half of the, of the singles. And I was like, Oh man, like, I you really got to be on it and you can't restream it because of that deal. Yeah. So in some respects it's really great that they are they have that deal but in the, you know in other respects it's it's a bummer that you can't watch the mains. You can yeah. watch everything but the mains because of that contract and that is important because if you watched I watched I think Mama Tried on Harley Davidson's Mm -hmm. That was on Facebook Live, too. Yeah, and they've got the same cameras. They've got the same, well, different announcers, but they've got a lot of control over uh, how they broadcast it, and it was really good. It had graphics, just like a TV station would. I mean, the quality of that stuff um, is just great. I work at a company, kind of a large company, and our meetings are like that now. They're live streaming stuff with graphics and, like, over and post. It's like... It's super easy to do now. You don't have to be a network to do it. And the internet has made, it, it, you know, some people don't have TV, period. All they yeah. have is a cell phone. In, in, in other countries, I'm saying, like a lot of mm-hmm. European countries, people use their phones like a computer. Yeah. And so you're opening it up that way, it, like l- exposes mm-hmm. it to so many more thousands of people than. And,
1: and for all of those, you can go back and rewatch them. Oh, like yeah. you can go back and rewatch X yeah. games. Yeah. I, uh, Not for that, but for the AFT stuff on Fans Choice. I have the Apple TV and the iPhone. So I just pull it up, tell it Family Room TV, and it's on my big screen TV. (laughs) And it's like I'm watching it right there live. Um, But yeah, it's a bummer. Like I want to go back and watch, you know, like knowing Carver a little bit, I want to go back and watch the Lima race. Yeah. And the mains, I can't watch the main. And I'm like, that was the battle that I want to see. so yeah, it's like it's a bummer, but it's good that it's on network television at the same yeah. time. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the thing—is it getting the eyes in front of it? The thing with the like you said, the, the broadcasting. I wish more people had access to better like video equipment for like you're saying, Dirtquake. So awesome, but it yeah. wasn't broadcast like yeah. like Mama Tried was. But it's also international because they have it in the UK and people that. I know I want to see the one there because it looks so goddamn crazy. Yeah. And then you get interested in the one here and, um, it's just more eyes on it and, and the hooligans are getting repped and more viewers want to see that in the pros, you know? What yeah. I
1: mean? so. And I got to do, which this year it looked like the hooligan class for DTRA is huge, like typical, but Indian gave someone like five or six bikes. I'm sure they paid them to build them. And there was a bunch, so there was a bunch of Indians out there. Um, For Dirtquake, I think Harley built some street rods. They put like rain tires on them. Um (laughs) had some riders go. So
0: just so they had sipes or something? Yeah,
1: just rain tires are also soft, so they work well in the dirt. Right, right. Um but yeah, so it's getting bigger. But I went over last year and got to race it, and um it just happened like In the
0: UK you did? Yeah. Oh man.
1: Sideburn had nothing to do with it. Like I know Gary and he let me borrow his bike, but um that was it. Like I I was going on a vacation to Europe. The dates were close, so I, I finagled the dates so they worked. So I, landed vacation. It, right? <laughs> so I landed at Heathrow. I got picked up by this guy named John Harrison, who's like a sideburn ambassador. And uh, the short of John, he's like a mid-50s guy. He's got a 58 Dodge Cornette with a trailer, and uh, he has no social media. He doesn't wear T-shirts. He doesn't wear blue jeans. He wears like slacks and button downs. Um, Sideburn Gary gave him a sideburn sweatshirt and he gave it to his daughter because he doesn't wear sweatshirts. Um, No branding, no nothing. Yeah. The guy is a legend. Um, He's so awesome. So he picks me up in this 58 Dodge Cornet with a trailer and two bikes. We cruised two hours across England to Kingsland, making some stops on the way, like just chatting, um, just became good friends. Like I still, I still email the guy, still keep in contact with him. Like, he had a good race at uh, Kingsland at Dirt or the night before Dirtquake. And uh, he emailed me and he's like, dude, your tips. I helped him out with some stuff. He's like, your tips are helping. And uh Sideburn Gary posted this week he won all three of his heats. Oh man. And uh, I commented on it, and Gary's like, dude, he just won his third. It was like you won two when he posted. And he's like, he just won his third one. Um, so that's like how I get to Dirtquake. So it like starts off this trip as a legendary experience. We get there, I go to sign up. I go to pay, and they're like, okay, it's like five bucks for my license, for the, you know, the, basically the insurance license. So I give them that, and I'm like, okay, what about the race? And they're like, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. So I guess traveling from the States, I didn't have to pay to race, so that was wow. awesome. But that one was live streamed.
0: All you have to do is pay for uh, airfare. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <and> boarding <laughs> <and> lodging. <laughs> so, But that one was live streamed on Friday night, so the DTRA oh, okay. race was live streamed. They had an announcer. And I like, I get back, I didn't have like cell coverage there, but I get back to the place we're staying and I had Wi-Fi. and, uh, everyone's like posting these like little pictures of me racing in the UK and like commenting on it It was awesome. It was just so cool that so many of my friends here that I raced with got it. Like they got to be a part of it. Like, like hooligan racing and at DTRA and in England is it's growing and it's getting big. And that's obviously still because of the hooligans here. And for, like, my friends that I race with that are hooligans to, like, for me to go over and experience that, but for me to, like, almost in a way, like, take them with me and represent, you know, the U.S., it was awesome. Like, it was just so cool um, to be able to do and to see them, like, participating and being a, a big part of it. So it was yeah. super cool to see them watching it. Unfortunately, Dirtquake wasn't streamed. But uh, here. Even the one over there wasn't. Oh, really? At okay. least last year. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think this year it was, no, this year it was because it's owned by a TV company now. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard they got bought Adver- yeah. out. Like yeah. So,
1: but, um, that's right. Yeah, it was just, it was an epic. Sky, epic.
0: like Sky One or somebody, somebody that does like all the ILM and yeah. TT stuff bought them, right? With Sky One. I don't know. Yeah.
1: It I, sounds you're right. Yeah. You're
0: right. Some, some, some station bought them out. Of yeah. It. I'm not sure how TV works over there, but yeah, somebody bought them out.
1: Yeah. So, but it was just, it was super awesome to, like, go over Harley UK or whatever. It was, like, they were super pumped that I was there. Like, they were helpful. Um, it was just an amazing experience to, like, go, to be able to, like, go race in Europe. As a speedway racer, to go be able to race in Europe and at King's Lynn, it was just, like, it was mind-blowing. Yeah. So it was super fun. It was a crazy experience. I can't,
0: um, I can't tell you how many flyers I've seen that says King's Lynn, and I'm just, like... I mean, it's like famous, right? I mean, I don't know where it is, but it's like yeah. a new track where everybody—it's it's it's one have
1: of all them. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely like. Uh, it was the only track I wrote over there, but I have to say, like, our track guys over here need to learn some lessons. <laughs> that track was amazing. It yeah. was like this hard base with this like loose gravelly top, so you could slide. It would pick up a little bit of a blue groove. But well, you could slide the bike around, but it, it was perfectly smooth, slight banking, never picked up a hole, never picked up a rut. Yeah. It was just beautiful.
0: Cut. Did you look at the X Games this year and last year? And I want to say 2015 was <sighs> the first year they did worse. it. worse, yeah. That was in Austin, right? I yeah. And they just had like, it was like a freaking motocross track. <sighs> like, dude... And I saw you guys bumping around at X Games. I I didn't see Jeffrey Carver because I don't have TV, but I did see the pictures of him fully both wheels off the ground, like turnt
1: turnt and burnt in It was just like we went out for practice the day before, and it was dry in spots and wet in spots. And our first practice session was horrible. Was it inside? No, it was outside. So that's just –
0: I mean, that's just because it's where it is, right? It rained or something, right?
1: Or uh, no, they... So we went out for one practice section. It was super horrible, super slick, super, like, marbly, just, like, yeah. trying to control the bike. Not, like, a good slick. Not a good dry slick. Um, rough. It was just super hard to ride. And I remember, like, Fans Choice or someone, like, or uh, Flat Track Live posted a little video of us practicing, and everyone was hating on it. And I watched it, and I was like, it's because we look like we sucked it was bad it
0: slow and slippery yeah yeah
1: and because um, <laughs> it was slippery yeah. right <laughs> we they ended up putting some like calcium on the track and watered it and it got a hundred times better yeah the pros rode on it laid down some rubber and uh it was way better i don't they let i don't remember if they let us do another session that day or not and then we came back on the day of the race and they let us practice and it was way better um and as the day went on it got better it took rubber but it still had some holes yeah (laughs) and it's like you know it's a part of me is like okay it's a parking lot pop-up track but you said you watch speedway gp speedway gps are all pop-up tracks and they're all perfect
0: well and brian bell has you know i talked to him and i know that they've made some pop-up tracks and they work their asses off to get them so that they're at least not uh, potholy and yeah, and, you know, gravelly and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's the experience probably of the um, I don't know if the X Games dudes are
1: it was the, the it was the AFT guy that, that like their oh, track guy oh, that's always kid. in charge, yeah. And it's, well, I, I just don't, I, I want to know what they do in Europe. Like, when you watch, uh, like one of the big speedway Grand Prix is uh Cardiff, it's like on the west side of England, and it's a huge it's race, it's actually Wales. <laughs> Oh yeah, actually, it is Wales, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I always forget Wales is there. I gotta go through Wales, and it's yeah, like yeah. I just always forget about that little. Um, just
0: being a dick, <laughs> cause my family's Welsh.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. It is Wales, though. I should know that. But um, that's like one of the big GPS, and I know that one. Like it's a stadium. That's I think a soccer stadium. Yeah. And they cleared out. They put a bunch of dirt down, and they build a track. And when you watch a race, you'd have no idea it's a pop up track. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like I know Speedway riders are picky. Um, and I know in Europe there's a lot of money involved, but. Yeah, you know, Speedway,
0: it's got to be. I mean, you can't really get away with some of the stuff that you can get away with. In yeah, track. you can't. It's got to be pretty good. It's and a good level. I,
1: I'm a believer too, though, the better the track, the better the racing. It'll be closer. There'll be more lines to pass. It'll be more exciting for your fans. If it's holy or it's a one line, it's going to be hard. And yeah. it's not going to be as enjoyable for the racers or the fans. Yeah.
0: Did you, by chance, race the Super Prestigio, the hooligan? I climate? did. Did you? <laughs> I did.
1: Um, <laughs> Do you...
0: Because I watched that, and goddamn, after every race, after every heat, <sighs> after the... There was... It was a soccer ball or a football shape to begin with. Yeah. And Chris Carr designed it so that it would be the same width around that little ass arena that they had. But there. Around that turn, around the first turn, I guess it would be, the point of the football on the, on the far inside from the takeoff, you know, from the starting line, there was a hole that developed every damn... Line.
1: It was like ruts. It was like motocross yeah, oh, ruts. Yeah, no, that's what I'm
0: saying. There was a hole, and you guys were getting in there and using it as a berm because it got yeah. so damn deep. And they tried to smooth it out, and it just appeared again. And yeah. you know I mean, and so, yeah, that sort of stuff, a lot... A lot really goes into track design but it's like the execution is where like everybody fails and like shit that stuff it looks crazy now that one people were hanging it out and able to catch it and use it yeah but at the at the i led like
1: 11 laps of that race did you with tor is that (laughs) he won yeah well truth be told so one did you let
0: him go by chris he,
1: he passed me on a yellow with a guy in the corner that the guy was down and then he also cut the track when he passed me. You know what? Looking back at that race, I think the Hooligan race
0: probably had the most like non um, like disorganized
1: it was pretty much. Oh, yeah. They it was weren't like, really
0: paying attention. Well and they
1: told us in the writers meeting like if you go down, just pull out, you're done, you're out of the race, get off the track.
0: Mm-hmm. The dude
1: that was down, it was like his third time down. Yeah, people were going down left and right on yeah. that shit.
0: I mean, and it was like it looked like it looked like driveway gravel, sort of. It was I mean, it weird. It didn't look like dirt. It looked like pebbles. You but know?
1: to call that guy out, too, and he's no longer around. He pissed off Roland, who was his sponsor. That guy told me at Costa Mesa before that that if he was on the track, I would never win again. And I have to say, even though he was laying on the track at that time, <laughs> he was totally right. I didn't win because he was laying on the track. Yeah, but it did. was like his third time down. Like He had crashed yeah. before that. Was supposed to be out of the way. He went around, crashed again. Went around, crashed again. And was he's he, like was laying he on an there.
0: Indian?
1: Yeah, he was on an yeah, Indian. Okay. that time.
0: I that, I saw that guy loop. He'd looped the back end every single time.
1: Yeah, he was. So the guy was an old pro, and he hated me, which I'm fine with. He's pro, I think he's actually in jail now, so he can hate me all he wants.
0: Is it Johnny Rock Page? Is that who is right? No. <laughs>
1: um, and uh, I went out and I set fast time. And everyone was, including me, dude, like totally floored. Actually, Tor and I both were amazed because Tor was second fast time because we're not motocross guys. And we were sure some of the motocross guys on that track were going to hit berms and just set fast times. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we both won our heats. And then that guy won his his heat too. I think he was in the third heat. and I think there were three. And he was following us around in third. He was just like fighting. And you just couldn't, couldn't do anything on that track. But he was down... Tor went under him. I went outside of him, and Tor made the dirty pass. Tor also went, he cut the track of that corner, too. Yeah. No one called his on his bullshit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did notice that track. It did start to get, there, there were points to it. Yeah. And there were literally points on the end. And yeah, that's all there was get, for a corner. They started to get like worn down or run over or something. And yeah. yeah. People were, maybe were cutting and people would crash and they would go way on the inside. Yeah. And yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. That was a, it was a funny, it was funny race. Yeah. <laughs> Was there money involved? I mean, were you pissed that you- Oh
1: yeah, there was an Indian motorcycle.
0: Oh, Oh, that's right. God damn it. That's right. He walked away with that thing and I was thinking, holy shit.
1: And he even knew it. Tor even admitted to me after the race. He's like, that bike should be yours. And I go, you have (laughs) the keys on you. And he didn't. He thought it was funny, but not enough to give me the keys. Yeah. Um, But it was dirty. you know. And some of the like drama that happened this year, people were trying to call me out. And I was like, you know what? I was nice to you and I didn't say anything on that race. Like, and I lost a motorcycle. Like, I don't even care anymore. Like, you find a way to screw me every chance you get. So, are you turning into the grumpy old man of hooligan racing? Oh, for sure. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) You know, well, I mean, mean, that that race is a perfect example. Like, I'm supposed to get a dirty pass on a yellow with a guy that cuts the track, and I lose a motorcycle, and I'm just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm cool with it. Nice guys finish last. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, I mean, that. It was definitely interesting. It was also like just getting to that whole race, like an invite only, and uh, people were just being like super shady and didn't want me there. Really? So yeah, I had to call Roland personally. Huh. So guys yeah, that's were-
0: interesting because I, I had no idea about like all the crazy drama that led up to that. I just went because yeah. I was like, holy cow, this is going to be awesome. I went and saw them at IMS. They had all the hooligan bikes out there. I was super stoked that somebody else knew was coming in the game. Yeah. And then I went back to take pictures later and
1: they were gone. They were, they were oh, it was the same weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Like they set it up and then they had to leave and go to the race.
0: Yeah. They showed them at IMS and they're like, yeah, here's the hooligan bikes They're We're going to roll them out. And they literally rolled them in and then I went back for pictures of them, like, because I had to follow the tour and take pictures, you know, for work and stuff. And then I come back, like, 20 minutes later, and they're gone. They're like, no, yeah. well, like, they had to roll them out of here. And I was like,
1: shit. And yeah, they like, loaded up, took serious. them to Vegas. Like, yeah. that was the first race for them.
0: So as soon as I got off work that day, I packed my shit and rode over to Vegas. I was <laughs> like, IMS, I need to be there tonight to watch the fucking races. So I didn't see the flat track finals, but I saw the Super Prestige. It's the yeah. flat track finals on Friday for night. On Friday it was like, night, yeah. Yeah, so I, I missed that because uh, by the time I got through working at the show and... You know, got home and shit. I was like, head, I'm gonna head over and yeah, just watch the Super procedure. So yeah, that was that was an interesting, that was a fun week, and I had no idea all that other shit went down. Oh uh, yeah,
1: that was just for me and like people being butt hurt.
0: It's like the second time we mentioned people being butt hurt on this show. Maybe that should be the uh, name of the episode: Butt Hurt because of Harley Davidson. And flat track uh hey we're getting into the show now the end part of the show and I'd like to mention uh, a few things that are that are coming up and uh, you, sh- you should stay tuned and also check out the calendars uh, for stuff around you but I have a couple things that I really want to talk about and promote right off the bat and the first one is uh september 1st um the sultans of sprint that's happened at Glemseck, right in leonberg germany we all know that one's going down uh this weekend if you're hearing this um this is going to go out late i've been having audio problems so this is probably going to go out either late friday night in the wee hours of saturday morning santa maria raceway where the very uh event that chris wiggins is going to be holding in in a few weeks here now. It's going to be happening. Uh, there's going to be the wheels and waves invitational. It's a Roland Sands event. It's part of the, uh, Roland Sands super hooligan, uh, national championship series. And that's going to take place on the 27th at, um, santa maria raceway now the 26th there's going to be a california flat track association race there and so this weekend is going to be a weekend of flat track there and also some cool custom bikes and this is an event that i'm sorry i didn't give you more heads up on i totally forgot about it myself uh but i did not have it marked down um just forgot to mention it Bad on my part. Uh, also, um, if you are going to be around the uh, Ludos Fox Valley, they're going to be getting together uh, September 5th, which is a 9 5 and that's a tuesday i believe they get together the first tuesday of every month so pay attention for that uh september 8th the uh, trans world motocross slam fest is going to be happening at uh, milestone mx park out in riverside california that ought to be pretty cool i think hell on wheels has something to do with it this year um the sixth or uh, let me see, September 16th. There's a few things going on. September 16th, um, the 10th annual Venice Vintage Motorcycle Rally is happening, and I got a funny story about this. I helped my friend Sarah, who um has been on the show before, buy her first motorcycle, a CB404, from. Uh, Shannon, the guy who founded the vintage Venice motorcycle club, and he was just starting to, uh, organize events and they didn't even, I don't even think they'd had their first rally yet until later that year. And so, uh, I helped her buy that bike 10 years ago or 11 years ago, I guess now and he started the rally shortly thereafter so they're on their 10th annual rally uh that's going to be at 2150 dell avenue venice california september 16th uh also in september 16th is the la mods versus rockers that takes place in the Angeles crest national forest every year it is a camp out it is a whole lot of fun and we do or there is some hooligan style stuff um October 1st, Ducati of Newport Beach is having a California California, uh, SoCal Moto Market 2.0. Uh, I, I saw this is something I've never been to before, so uh, I'm kind of eager to check that out. Um, and then in a couple weeks, not this weekend, but uh, what weekend are we going to be in? By the next show, I believe, we will have an upcoming um, AFT race going on and uh, sadly I have to report that the um, the mission built show uh, from that Cerberus Moto was gonna uh, help sponsor and put on has been pushed back uh, due to lack of sponsorship and uh, other stuff like that. They are looking for pics of you and your bike around San Diego. Uh, for some ambiance and some uh, pictures and stuff to, to play on some displays. So if you can, send those in. Uh, I'm sure they'll take them all year long. The better, the more they have, the better. So you can continue to submit your stuff. That gives you an extra year if you're in the San Diego area to build your bike and uh, get stuff together and uh, get ready for that. So, And if you are looking way out into the future, um, the Flat Track Finals – presented by Indian Motorcycle, are going to take place out here at Paris. That's going to be October 7th. I will be present at that, probably with uh, a couple of people. And so if you want to stop by and check it and say hi and hit the penultimate round, man, of the uh, the Flat Track series that we've been talking about all year and that so many other podcasts have been, uh, go ahead and check that out. And also October 21st, the Red Bull Straight Rhythm. Also right around that time, Time of year, Uh, that particular weekend, I think, in October, uh, Rusty Butcher is going to be having their Tracker Cross 2. So uh, stay tuned for that. And at some point, I'm assuming in the near, near, near future, um, Hell on Wheels will be basically uh, advertising their uh, Halloween hill climb. Because that always takes place right around Halloween. However, with the Tracker Cross 2 uh, coming up, not 100% sure when their uh, Halloween hill climb is going to take place. Maybe it'll be the same day, maybe not, who knows? But um, yeah, the tracker cross uh, rules, I'll get you the, uh, the rules and the date uh, maybe next weekend. So, um, yep, all right, have a good one. It's uh, an hour and 27 in. Don't really have much else to say besides send us your spooky ghost stories for spooky spokes, please uh, do me a favor and send in some music to the show. Uh, I, we use, can't use copyrighted music, uh, on shows and, uh, I've got busted for that before. And so I make all my own music and it would be awesome if you have a band or something and you own your music, please don't send in stuff that you don't own. But if you'd like to get it on the show or you'd like to throw down a sick rap, kind of like our Wisconsin jam that we threw down. Uh, Yeah, send it in. And all the music that you hear on the show is made by me. And uh, so, man, it takes a little bit of work and a whole lot of storage space on my computer. So if you could send me something, that'd be awesome. Um, If you have an event coming up, like the world's most gigantic mini bike race that Riders on the Norm is uh, putting on. In a couple months, then go ahead and also send that to us. Uh, Link, you know, you could link to us. Uh, Check us out. Obviously, if you're hearing us right now, you're hearing us on somewhere like iTunes. Podbean actually sent me some stuff recently, so I may be... Uh, researching Podbean a little bit and seeing how our statistics are doing on there. Stitcher, we are like five people listen to us on Stitcher. Most people listen to us on iTunes, so if you're checking us out there or the SoundCloud app, that's great. Um, But you can catch us anywhere. A lot of uh, services aggregate us, but please leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play Store, SoundCloud, wherever you want to check us out and leave a review. Just do it and uh, tell a friend, hey, I heard this guy. He's kind of dumb. The but he says some funny stuff and it wasted an hour and a half of my life that I would have rather could have been listening to something more intelligent. However, I just felt like chilling, smoking a dube and eating a pizza. So I went ahead and listened to this cuckoo knucklehead. And, uh, that's all you got to say about my show to somebody and just get somebody else to listen. Cause we're going to have some really great, cool stuff coming up in the future. Uh, all right. And as usual, check us out on the web, creative writing.com, uh, creative writing. Writing.tumblr.com for some pics, um, at uh, creative underscore writer on the Twits, and creative writing podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, we dropped a couple Johnny Rock, uh, awesome Johnny Rock page uh, reference in there, but you haven't heard that in a while. Uh, Chris referenced somebody going to jail. I threw out a Justin Bieber or two. And I even might have said polishing a camel's dick totally out of context because this has been uh, re-edited since having some audio problems. So, all right, get out there, do what you do, and send me pictures of it when you do it. But make sure it's motorcycle related. All right, have a good week. Bye. I want to say congrats to the Fox Valley leaders for all the new riders joining up. Also, thank you, Lance P, son of Corax, for your support of the show and your input. My man, thank you so much.